you are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. This is Mike, and tonight I thought it would be fun for us to talk a little bit about planetary magic. Uh, planetary magic is a really interesting thing uh, to discuss when we get into conversations kind of around like more uh, ceremonial magic, um, you know, more uh, maybe esoteric or occult kinds of things. You know, I don't really know that there are too many people in the contemporary witchcraft community specifically that would really incorporate planetary influences um, at least too regularly. Although at the same time, we're always incorporating planetary influences, right? Because most people have uh, a pretty solid appreciation for astrology, right? Um, though it is not a planet, we of course have to acknowledge the moon as a celestial body and again, a very powerful influence for our magical work. Uh, also the sun, right? The sun is a, another very powerful ally. So I thought it would be fun to talk about this. Um, I teach a class on planetary magic and um, it, it always amazes me when I teach that class um, that people haven't realized students that come to that class have not realized or have not had an opportunity in their own practice um, to actually see this intermingling uh, kind of information that we get when we see astrological influence, particularly Western Hellenistic astrology. Um, again, the ceremonial magic that we would maybe associate with um, maybe hermetic kinds of practices and again like folk witchcraft um, tradition so uh so let's dive in um i think a good place to start when we discuss planetary magic is the uh the concept of planetary intelligences and there are a lot of different ideas and um there's a lot of different information out there around these but the one uh the one system that i have found has been um most beneficial that has given good result and i think also can prove to be or proves to be the most familiar for many people is uh, a system that incorporates the information that many associate with angels or archangels specifically um in a lot of occult traditions and in particular witchcraft traditions we would identify these planetary intelligences as Grigori, and that's G-R-I-G-O-R-I. -I. Not to be confused with egregores, though they are actually a bit similar. Um, but Grigori, Archangels, Planetary Intelligences, whatever you would like to call them. Again, remember, these are very powerful spiritual allies. So let's talk a little bit about this, okay? Um, the Grigori are believed to be some of the first intelligent beings to emerge from the primal void. Uh, those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a time may uh, recall on prior episodes, you know, uh, particularly in conversations around Hecate, the goddess Hecate, um, you know, we, we've had conversations or discussions around uh, the concept of the primordial, uh, primordial void, um, you know, the original creator force, uh, which is also, of course, the destructor force in our universe, in all that is, right? So the Grigori or uh, these uh intelligences, these archangelic beings, were among the first intelligent, conscious beings to emerge from the primordial void. And their really their their role in the grand scheme of things, their 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 purpose, you know, uh for for creation for being created was really to function as um, what would be considered archetypes of the universe. These are spirits, very, very powerful spirits, who are responsible for maintaining the foundation and the structure of our universe. Um, so when we look at things like physical laws, like things like um, you know gravity and magnetism and light and um, even time, concepts like this, right? Um, these are spirits that oversee the function of these things. Um, so again, they're they're extremely powerful, and as a result of the work that they do, they're extremely busy. Um, these uh, the 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 occult information and the the practice around these kinds of spirits is another one of the reasons why on past episodes where Austin and I have kind of um, gotten a little bit critical around more Christianized or uh, New Age concepts 
of angels and archangelic beings. Uh, the reason that we, we get a bit critical about that is there is this per pervasive idea, particularly within the New Age community, that angels are these fluffy bunny beings, you know, with glowing halos and, you know, and they show up with these big, beautiful wings and, you know, and they're just there. They're just there kind of just hovering around and, and you know, taking naps on clouds until, you know, whoever prays to them for help, right? And it doesn't matter how meaningless or trivial the help could be, right? It could be like, you know, bless me so that this lottery ticket I just bought from the gas station is a winner, right? I mean, and I, I get frustrated with that because it's, again, an example, I think, of the um, superficial spirituality that we find with New Age practice because there's no real research, there's no real effort put into understanding what these beings really are and the very, very important work that they do. These are beings that are responsible with maintaining the structure of our universe and all that is. They are not going to be available to make sure that you get the winning lottery ticket. That's just that's just not their job. Okay, so uh, maybe pray to your ancestors instead, right? The spirits that are closer to you that would have an understanding of what it is to be human and to need money or to desire money, um, they're going to be a lot better for you uh, to pray to for situations like that, just as an example. Okay. So, um, so again, so very important beings, right? Um, let's talk a little bit about them specifically, though, okay? Because this is where we see them um, become less abstract and more tangible as uh, spiritual allies, as magical allies. So the first I want to discuss is, of course, Michael, okay? The Grigori or the Archangel of the Sun. Okay? The Sun is embodied, the planetary intelligence of the Sun, and again, I know, sun's not a planet, but the celestial body that we identify as the sun in these magical systems, just like the moon, will be classified as a planetary body. So Michael is the Gregory or the Archangel of the sun. Okay? Um, and if you're familiar with the Archangel Michael, you might know that he is definitely not a lovey-dovey, love and light kind of angel. He's a warrior. Um, he is one of the angels that is always seen, uh, you know, fighting off demons and, and other kinds of nasty energies and spirits. Uh, you know, he is, uh, in some old stories, he is seen to be the general of the armies of heaven. You know, there's a lot of lore there, right? But the intelligence of, sun, of the sun, the planetary intelligence, intelligence of the sun can also be identified as the Archangel Michael. Some interesting associations, right? Um, the planetary alignment for the sun or the time of day for the sun uh, as a planetary intelligence is high noon, right? When the sun is at its fullest. Um, Michael, the Gregory of the sun, his primary element is fire, which would make sense because I believe he is a seraphim. He is of the seraphim family of angels. Um, and his colors are red and gold. And though we very often see Michael uh, in more ca Catholic uh, or Christian kinds of depictions of the archangels, though we very often see Michael carrying a sword, um, a spear is actually probably a more accurate uh, representation of his um, item of focus or uh, what would be seen as his uh, a representation of his physical manifestation. So not a sword, but a spear, okay? Moving on to Gabriel. Gabriel is the Gregory or the Archangel of the Moon. Um, and I believe Gabriel is also uh, a member of the Seraphim family of angels. Um, Gabriel's time of day is dusk to midnight. So anytime from, you know, basically like kind of sunset-ish, right, up to midnight is really going to be a good time for you or the ideal time for you to call upon the planetary intelligence or the Archangel slash Gregory that is Gabriel. Okay. Gabriel is uh, associated with the element of water, right? Um, again, that, that moon, that lunar association that we see with Gabriel as a planetary intelligence, the moon is always tied to water, right? Um, even the physical uh, movements of our planet, the influence of the moon's gravity over our oceans, right? When we see like the tides, right? Um, you know, moon, water, very strong association. Gabriel's lights uh, or colors, excuse me, colors are silver and light or pale blue. And uh, as is often the case when we see depictions of Gabriel as an angel, uh, Gabriel is always seen to carry a horn or a trumpet. 
Moving on to Raphael, the Gregory or Archangel of Mercury. Uh, Raphael's time of day is dawn, that, that bright morning light. Okay. Um, element is air. Again, kind of makes a bit of sense, right? If you're at all familiar with some of the astrological associations of Mercury, right? We understand that air is definitely going to be like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, Mercury, air element for sure. Okay. Um, I believe uh, Raphael is of the virtues family of angels. If you um, you know are kind of again into those kinds of metaphysical systems, um, his colors are orange and dark blue, and he's often seen carrying uh, a caduceus, which is uh, the symbol. A lot of people don't know what that is, and it's it's again it's kind of a more uh, obscure occult kind of a symbol but the thing is most people are, are actually familiar with it uh, particularly when you look at medical systems or medical care within our, our world um, the caduceus is uh, basically the winged staff so it'll be a staff that typically has wings somewhere near the top and then you'll see winding serpents around the staff right and it's a symbol a very old symbol i believe that originated with the, the the deity asclepius who was one of the first i think classical gods associated with healing so it has strong associations with healing but it also is again very much about uh, that air element that mercurial element right especially with those little wings right um Moving on to uh, Hanael, Hanael, and it's H-A-N-A-E-L, Hanael. Uh, this this Grigori or Archangel is uh, the planetary intelligence for the planet Venus. Okay. Um, Hanael is uh, of the Principalities family of angels. Um, and Haniel is one of the few archangels that we actually see in many um, texts and many practices. We actually see Haniel being acknowledged purely as feminine. Many of the other archangels are, um, I was actually, I should say most of the other archangels are always depicted as a masculine kind of an energy. Again, maybe with the exception of Gabriel. Gabriel is um, almost always seen as as um like hermaphroditic or um like kind of neither masculine or feminine very non-binary energy with gabriel but back to haniel so uh haniel again as the planetary intelligence of venus is um yeah like our, the, the, her her planetary day is uh from dawn to noon right and again i think we see a lot of overlap there when we look at Hanael as uh, that Venusian, that Venusian influence, right? Dawn, the morning star, Venus, right? That bright light in the sky, right? Um, so again, there's a lot of overlap here in uh, different systems, different beliefs around these things. Okay, um, so from dawn to noon is really going to be kind of like, that's the time, ideally, where you would want to evoke this planetary intelligence in any of your ceremonies, rites, or workings, okay? Uh, Hanael's element is Earth, and uh, her colors are pink and green. And she is very often depicted carrying a sprig of myrtle. Those of you who maybe are not as familiar with herbs, myrtle is um, one of the many herbs that is sacred to the planet Venus or would have a very strong Venusian property. So again, kind of ties everything together nicely, right? Next, we see Kamael, uh, the archangel or Gregory Kamael, who is the planetary intelligence that uh, for Mars, the planet Mars. Okay. Um, his time of day is noon to dusk. So all that afternoon influence, right? Um, his element is fire. Okay. And uh, his colors are red and bright orange. Again, very fiery, right? Um, Kamael is actually the Archangel or Gregory spirit that is seen to carry a sword. Not Michael, but Kamael. Next, we have Zadkiel. Um, Zadkiel is spelled a couple of different ways. Sometimes you'll see it with a T, um, but in more modern practice, a lot of people drop the T. Um, having said that, I just want to say right now, don't spill your tea. Um, sorry, dad jokes aplenty. Uh, that was lame. Forgive me. Austin's not here to make sure that I behave on this episode. Um, he's been very busy of late with uh classes and uh rituals and things so i'm hoping that he will be able to join me again for the podcast next week and i won't be here on my own uh making a fool of myself uh anyway zadkiel so um uh, so typically you'll see this spelled uh, with a t 
Z-A-D-K-I-E-L. Uh, but again, in modern practice, we all kind of just drop the T at the beginning of that name. So just, you know, just a Z, Zadkiel. Um, so again, this is the Gregory or the Archangel, the planetary influence over the planet Jupiter. Okay. Um, and he is of the Dominions family of angels. Again, if you're kind of into that stuff, right? Um, his time of day is mid-morning. So really kind of, you know, anywhere like, you know, 8, 9, 10 a.m., right? Kind of around there. Like, sun's kind of still moving up into the sky. Hasn't quite hit its zenith yet, right? But um, but it's moving. Um, Zadkia's element is water. Um, that always throws people for some reason. Jupiter has really strong watery influences, um, even in a lot of other systems. Like, I'm teaching the, the uh, course that I teach on palmistry right now, and uh, your index finger on your hand is the index, or, or excuse me, the finger that would actually have strong Jupiter influence. Um, and it is also aligned to the element of water. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of a, like, a, people are like, what? Water? What? Right? Um, so it's kind of, it's always funny to kind of see those associations um, as they, you know, people kind of connect with that and, and process that information. Um, we also know if we look at, at classical, like Western Hellenistic astrology, um, that originally the planet Pisces was influenced or what kind of fell under the domain of Jupiter. So again, some some interesting energy there or associations with water for sure. Um, so again, uh, mid-morning time of day, uh, element is water. Okay, And uh, it looks like Zydekiel's colors are purple and yellow. Um, I do have notes here just because all of this information gets a bit complex for me and I, I just don't have that memory anymore. Um, his colors are purple and yellow, uh, but I will say that in working with Zadkiel on my own in the past and uh, in, in calling upon that intelligence for magical work specifically, um, I almost always go with purple. Um, I just find that purple has, um, just as a color, for, for me has a psychological association and then by by result kind of a, an energetic manifestation that is definitely kind of more geared toward the higher spiritual purpose of, of working with these kinds of beings. So um, Zadkiel carries a scepter. Um, Zadkiel, uh, the planetary influence of Jupiter is also sometimes seen as like a king like they all have these, all of these spirits kind of have like a, like a, another archetype that they fall into. So we often see Zadkiel or Jupiter, uh, you know, the planetary influence of Jupiter, intelligence of Jupiter, uh, portrayed as a king, like a priest king. So there's a scepter that's often seen, uh, being wielded or carried by Zadkiel. Uh, last we come to Cassiel, um, and that's C-A-S-S-I-E-L, Cassiel, okay, not to be confused with a character on a popular, you know, paranormal, supernatural show, right? Um, but Cassiel, okay, this is the Grigori, uh, the archangel or the planetary intelligence of Saturn, okay? Um, he is is truly just of the archangel family. If you're looking at different classifications for angels, this is, is purely archangel, uh, this, this particular spirit. Um, his time of day is midnight to dawn, right so anything kind of like that that those early morning hours right um his element is earth his colors are black and dark red or uh maroon like a like deep burgundy or maroon kind of red um and he is almost often depicted carrying an hourglass uh which is another interesting tie into the planetary influences of saturn saturn even if you look at other um mythological systems planets like saturn or uh cronus or uh even uranus you know as they all sometimes have been syncretized uh these titanic or or, or very very old primordial gods um very often held influence over time the passage of time so cassiel as the planetary intelligence or gregory of saturn is often depicted carrying um an hourglass um so you'll notice that we only had uh, we only went through intelligence intelligences up through saturn and again the reason for that is that most of these uh practices when we look at like old school planetary magic most of these uh practices and most of this information is really again going to have been structured around classical um astrology right um you know prior to uh i think oh my gosh i can't remember now i think prior to let me find this date for you one sec. Just an extra little bit of trivia here. Oh, my notes. I'm 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 
I'm failing you. I apologize. Let's see. Um, yeah, so, I mean, prior to the 1700s, um, you know, I think Uranus, the planet Uranus, which would sit, you know, kind of the next one out from Saturn, uh, wasn't discovered until the 1700s, right? Neptune kind of came along in the 1800s. And, um, of course, you know, Pluto, I think, uh, was actually... Uh, specifically discovered in 1930. So these systems and working with these intelligences, these are things that go back, um, you know, quite a, quite a bit further. And we just would not have had the influences of those outer planets. Um, there's this idea in the practice of planetary magic that most of the planets that would sit further out, <clears throat> further out, like beyond Saturn, um, and even other celestial bodies, things like asteroids and comets and meteorites, other things that continue to pop up in more modern astrology, uh, specifically astrology as a practice. Um, there's this belief or this kind of this philosophy in planetary magic that these are influences that are either too far away from humanity, um, like, like physically and also energetically, Right, um, but also the, the particularly in the in the case of um, smaller uh, celestial bodies, things like asteroids and things like that, um, that they are, their movement is uh, so uh, sporadic, like they don't actually have a regular rotation around a sun like our other planets would. So that these don't prove to be reliable planetary influences. These don't prove to be the kinds of um, intelligences or celestial bodies that we would want to incorporate into most spell work okay they have their place certainly uh, but not not for most not for most spell work okay one of the interesting things that um, pops up again with the practice of uh, planetary magic is that everyone through their astrological associations uh, personally, and by that I mean your birth sign specifically, everyone will be born under the influence of a particular Grigori or planetary intelligence. Okay, so we kind of again see that kind of split up amongst those primary celestial bodies and again those of you who are really into your astrology like you'll you'll probably already understand or you know where i'm going with this but those of you who are born and under uh or under the the zodiac signs if your birth sign is either aries or scorpio you are uh under the influence or born under the influence of the planet mars and would therefore already have um, kind of a an established connection, or almost like a um, what would be the word? Well, just that really, uh, an established connection to the Gregory or Archangel Camiel. Okay, um, if you are a Taurus or a Libra, you definitely have those Venusian energies. So of course, we would then see a strong connection to the Gregory Haniel. Geminis and Virgos, Mercury babies, you are definitely under the influence of that planet, and by extension, the Grigori Raphael. Cancer, you are the, the sign of Cancer. You are a child of the moon and uh, also connected to Gabriel. Leo, always that sun, right? That solar energy with Leos. And again, the Gregory Michael would be your, your connection. Sagittarius and Pisces, you are both born or um, are influenced, excuse me, by the planet Jupiter. And by extension, the Archangel or Gregory Zadkiel. And finally, last but not least, Capricorns and Aquariuses, you are under the influence of Saturn. And by extension, the Gregory Cassiel. So the, the benefit to knowing something like that is that if you are going to seek assistance from these uh, planetary intelligences, it's always a good idea maybe to start with that one, right? The one that you are already kind of connected to by birth, okay? Um, and then to kind of move you know out from there, right? Um, and each of these spirits, each of these planetary intelligences, archangels, Gregory, whatever you want to call them in your own practice, each of them does actually have their own manifestation. Um, you know, and so it's interesting um, when we look at um, what some of these, these really what, what these spirits can do for us, right? Um, we have with uh, the understanding of ritual, 
that is done in planetary magic. We have a lot of things that pop up. Um, like if you are, uh, again, a Leo or you are somehow connected to the Gregory Michael, one of the spiritual attainments that can be gained from working closely with Michael as a planetary intelligence is um, illumination and higher intelligence or higher understanding. Um, and really what that translates to in more hermetic principles is really just the concept of harmony. Um, our harmony is that state that we get to um, spiritually, but also on a mundane level, that state that we get to when we have a full understanding and, and knowledge of, of who we truly are and how we fit into the world. Harmony happens when everything finds its true place. So that is one of the spiritual attainments or the prime spiritual attainment that would be gained of the uh, Gregory Michael in working with that spirit. Uh, you know, another one would be, uh, you know, Hanael, that Venusian influence, right? The, the Gregory of Venus, you know, the spiritual attainment to be gained from uh, Hanael would be beauty. Okay, um, but to be clear, to be clear, and I, I want to make sure I'm very clear about this, okay, that is not beauty in the sense that we are, um, what would be the word? That's not beauty in like a superficial kind of way, okay, just to be clear, okay, that is beauty um, kind of more in the concept of like in, an innate physical and spiritual manifestation of beauty that would be beyond or would defy the standards of humanity. So this isn't about like who's the prettiest. This is about you being able to as an individual being as as you know the 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 divine being that you are um being able to actually identify like I am beautiful. Being me is beautiful, right? So um so there's a lot of of abstract kinds of things that go into this. Um but these are also important pieces because this is extra stuff that you can potentially gain when you connect with these spirits somehow attracting or calling in that energy is something that can um you can see almost like some of these additional qualities bestowed upon you or what it really happens i think more often is that you come to realize that you already carry these things and the influence or the power of them becomes amplified Right. So um, so it's very cool. And there's just a lot, a lot of really cool stuff that kind of goes into this. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the general benefits of the planets. OK, their keywords, whatever their associations. OK, but in incorporating these planets into your work, it's always good to know this. Right. The in importance of understanding something like the Gregory or the Archangel or planetary intelligence of each celestial body is also significant. It's also important because that's kind of the, the name or the personal relationship that you establish. From there, the planet itself is seen to kind of shine a particular light down upon you as you do your work with it magically. Okay? And that's going to be where the influence kind of, kind of materializes. Okay, So starting again, with the sun the sun's uh focuses if you wanted to look for like keywords okay um the intelligence or the spirit of the sun that is michael is both a wise old master and also a carefree child okay uh the sun is uh, is a source of light certainly but also a source of life okay um some of the sun the keywords for the sun's intelligence would be identity self, ego, ego in both a positive and negative kind of association, right? Um, spiritual authority, structure, strength, um, higher thinking, healing, and success. Uh, but to be very clear, that would not be success that would be typically material in nature. That would have a bit more to do with attainment or accomplishment, those kinds of influences, right? Um, the moon, okay, our next uh, planetary influence. The moon, um, as, as I'm sure many of you are aware, um, is almost always seen to embody the divine feminine um, more than, than really, really many other celestial bodies with maybe the exception of Venus. But again, Venus, though we often see Venus depicted as a feminine kind of an energy, um, Venus is, again, in a lot of other ways, um, understood to be, again, kind of intersex or kind of both masculine and feminine like a very non-binary energy again, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, 
Venus uh, and the intelligence of... Um, wait, I'm so sorry. Uh, forgive me. I, I jumped ahead here. The moon. We were talking about the moon. Um, and I got distracted with Venus because I was making the comparison of Venus. So the moon is... Um, Another power, another celestial power that holds influence over our, our more primal, animalistic nature, right? That's one of the reasons why, you know, people say, um, even like first responders, like police officers and firefighters and things, will always say that <clears throat> the night of the full moon usually is uh, kind of kind of a, a, a ramp up of, you know, uh, crime, uh, you know, accidents, these kinds of things. Like people kind of just go a little crazier around the full moon, right? That lunar influence is something that kind of speaks to the more primal animalistical or animalistic components of ourselves, right? Um, but it also uh, greatly influences... Um, um, certain psychic components of our being, right? That's a huge component there. So the intelligence uh, of the moon, uh, the Gregory or the Archangel Gabriel, um, is uh, typically maternal, mystical, um, and again, kind of wild. You know, if you were to uh, maybe describe this inner energy as, say, maybe like a tarot card, we're definitely getting a pretty strong empress energy with this uh, planetary intelligence, right? Uh, keywords, uh, things to focus on for the moon's intelligence uh, would be emotion, uh, soul, fertility, change, and reflection. Okay, so again, any kind of working that you're doing where you maybe need to conjure, uh, you know, who knows, maybe you're doing some sort of working for fertility of some sort, right? The moon or the planetary intelligence of the moon that is Gabriel would be uh, a very powerful spiritual ally for you. Moving on to Mercury. Okay. So the intelligence of Mercury again is the uh, Gregory Raphael, right? Um, and Mercury is, um, Mercury is a really fun kind of planetary intelligence because Mercury is very witty. Raphael is very witty. Um, and there's almost a sense of mischievousness there, mischievousness. Um, but there's really like no maliciousness, you know, we can see mischief, but never malice, right? Uh, Mercury all in all seems to be like a pretty, um, really just like a pretty chill kind of planet. Um, planetary intelligence. So um, keywords for Mercury's intelligence would be uh, communication, speed, intellect, movement, and travel. So any working that you were doing where you want to capture one of those particular energies or working like where that's the focus, right? Like I'm doing a spell so that I can see safe travel on this trip that I'm going to take next month, right? Like Mercury, again, would be a very powerful influence to, to incorporate. Venus, finally, though, I, though I, I got us all confused, got myself and then hopefully you, not not you, I should say, a little confused a moment ago, but Venus is um, a planet that has a lot to do with discovery and awareness of the self, right? Um, I think that's why in many uh, old occult systems, you'll see very strong ties between Venus uh, or associations with Venus as the morning star, the morning star as Lucifer, Lucifer as a, a uh, almost a Gnostic force of illumination within humanity, right? A spiritual power that helps us to uh, awaken to who we truly are, the, the totality of who we truly are. Right. As again, as as divine beings, you know, physical, mundane, mortal beings, but also divine beings. Right. So so Venus does some really cool stuff for us. Um, Venus's light, uh, the influence of this planetary intelligence typically helps us to kind of see more into the shadowy places of our being. Um, so, and if you were involved in any kind of shadow work, um, a Venusian influence, the influence of the uh, intelligence Hanael as the Gregory of Venus, um, that would be, yeah, th this would be again kind of a very powerful ally. Um, Hanael as a Gregory uh, has this very, like, almost what you would expect from a Venusian kind of an energy, right? Hanael is regal, glamorous, sensual, and, uh, of course, just a little bit of a diva. Um, but, you know, but we, we, we love her. We love that. Um, so keywords for Venus's planetary intelligence would be pleasure, love, romance, unity, attraction, 
beauty, sensuality, luxury, and health, um, primarily physical health. Okay. Um, so again, any working that you would be doing that would involve any of those things, you know, again, call upon Venus, call upon Hanael. All right, moving on to Mars. Okay, Mars, the warrior in our solar system, right? Um, the intelligence of Mars, as previously stated, the Gregory Kamael, right? Um, the intelligence of Mars, uh, Kamael, is uh, intense and can be very intimidating. Um, but I've also found, and I'm not the only one, a lot of other uh, magicians and practitioners who work with planetary magic will also support that, that Kamael as a planetary intelligence, the Grigori, also can have a really good sense of humor. Um, so with that in mind, I, I want to stress that though many people in uh, the astrology community will um support or will will kind of teach that mars has a, a stronger malefic kind of an influence or, or more of a negative kind of an association uh, that's really not necessarily a fair thing to do to this planet or to the gregory kamael these are beings that are are certainly multi-aspect just like us right like we all have a bad day we're all capable of doing bad things we, we're all also doing a lot of good things i hope right um so so please don't ever um, limit Mars to like a purely malefic or negative kind of a force because Mars can help us do some really good stuff, positive stuff, right? Keywords for Mars's intelligence would be action, passion, determination, courage, ambition, stamina, aggression, and yes, violence. Okay. Um, Mars also, as a planetary influence, has a lot of influence over sex. Um, so if you are doing any kind of a working, not necessarily for love, but maybe, you know, you just want to meet somebody to, you know, just kind of, who knows, scratch an itch, right? Um, Mars is a, a good planet to call upon for that, um, as would be the, the Gregory Camel. Okay. Moving on to Jupiter. My, my personal favorite, but I am biased because, again, I am, I am a, a child of Jupiter. I was born under this sign, um, or this sign's influence, this planet's influence. Okay? Um, so, again, Jupiter is kind of seen as the positive, and this is a little bit of lore uh, coming from many different types of, of myths and stories about this planet and associated deities and spirits, but Jupiter is uh, kind of seen as the positive archetypal father figure in our solar system, okay? Um, and uh, the intelligence, the planetary intelligence, the Gregory of Jupiter, Zadkiel, um, kind of shares this. Uh, Zadkiel is kingly, uh, usually very optimistic and generous of spirit, okay? Um, Jupiter likes to give. Jupiter is, is always a very benefic or benevolent kind of an energy. Uh, keywords for Jupiter's intelligence would be learning, exploration, philosophy, religion, luck, fortune, commerce, prosperity, and wealth. All right, Saturn. As Jupiter, a moment ago, I mentioned Jupiter is kind of seen as the archetypal father figure, like the positive archetypal father figure, right, in our solar system. Saturn is kind of the, the shadow aspect of that shadow. Uh, Saturn is the negative archetypal father figure in our solar system. Um, and to be really clear, again, I want to make sure you, you understand that that does not mean that Saturn is a harmful intelligence or a harmful spirit, okay? Um, Jupiter as a kind of a like the the good dad right uh, tends to be kind of very expansive and very giving in its energy. Saturn tends to be a bit more disciplinary and limiting, right? But that disciplinary and limiting influence helps us in a lot of ways to be able to maintain balance, right? Um, it would be impossible, um, I think. Uh, 
Well, I think it would be difficult, I think, for many of us, I think, really to be able to balance and to grow and learn in the ways that we need to if we didn't have certain influences giving us kind of like like you know like this is the this is the 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 the, the barrier right this is the line you know i mean even if we still choose to cross it right we still at least kind of need to know or appreciate that that's the line right so saturn's very good at doing that um you know and by extension saturn's very good at helping us to learn responsibility in our lives right and responsibility is certainly something that we need to be exercising in our magical practice right be a responsible witch Okay. The uh, planetary intelligence, the Grigori or the Archangel of Saturn, once again, is the Archangel Cassiel. Cassiel. Um, and uh, Saturn is, uh, or Cassiel and Saturn both tend to have a very austere, cynical, uh, and yet also protective, very protective kind of energy. Um, Cassiel as a Grigori does seem to be a bit detached from humanity um and i i mean that uh in a couple of ways saturn uh, within this system of planetary magic is the farthest celestial body out so we do see a little more distance um but saturn also i think because of many of the things that it influences many of its other correspondences and by extension the intelligence of saturn that is cassio um, tends to be a bit more detached from humanity in that it isn't as likely to care about us <laughs> um, and to be clear you know um, really none of these beings necessarily are again kind of hanging around you know full of love and compassion for us right but they also at the same time will also all of them will help us you know if we approach them in the right way so it is not to say that Cassiel is also uh, not in the business of helping us. Uh, this this Grigory will absolutely help, but um, but it will do so. Cassiel will do so in a way that might seem a bit colder, right? Um, so so don't be uh, turned off by that. If you have associations or connections to the planetary intelligence of Saturn, and it comes across as being again kind of detached or cold, uh, doesn't mean it's not your friend, right? Um, just that it's just it's just not about humanity it's got other things going on right uh keywords for saturn's intelligence would be tradition conservation contraction order time delays saturn's very good for slowing things down and uh wisdom it is the kind of wisdom that again comes from experience right not not knowledge necessarily or intellect right intellect is um what we are born with it is the component of us intellect or intelligence is the component of us that is like it's what we already have within us the potential of our ability to learn and understand and grasp things wisdom is what is cultivated through experience so they are just a little bit different though we we certainly see them intermingled in the way that we approach our lives right um so some really interesting stuff going on with these planets and their influences. And as you were, again, maybe looking to incorporate planets into your magic, and you should, because there's a lot of power here. Okay, um, as you're looking into doing that, you know, be aware these are kind of, these are these are the things really that kind of influence, right? Um, so let's, let's stretch that conversation piece a little bit, right? And actually just talk about our days. A lot of people um, are learning more and more, fortunately, that the days of the week have always had really powerful magical significance. Um, you know, and as we're looking at structuring a spell, uh, the day and even the time of day that we would do a spell can be a very powerful alignment. And what that really does is those alignments help us to strengthen our intent, but they also give us a way of shaping how the results of a working will manifest. That's the benefit there, okay, from a, a magical perspective, right? So let's talk about these days. Let's talk about the, the day um, uh, for the sun, right? Sunday, right? Pretty easy one, right? So uh, Sunday's always good for prosperity. Okay, but again, prosperity is not necessarily the same as material wealth, right? You can do spells for material wealth or money on Sundays. You absolutely can. Um, but um, you'd want to, again, probably have uh, the, the need for that wealth, the need for that money, or, or, or really ultimately what you were planning on doing with that money. Ideally should have kind of a, maybe more of a spiritual kind of a focus, right? Um, 
So Sundays are also very good for hope. They're very good for increase anytime we need more of something. Sundays are excellent for divination because this, the light of the sun is very good for bringing clarity. Okay. Um, Sunday is also really good for gaining favor from others. If we've been, uh, you know, maybe we've been fighting with someone or there's been a situation where we really just need somebody just to kind of be our friend or to like us a little bit more. Sundays are excellent days to do those spells. Okay. Uh, Sundays, uh, by, by extension, friendship. Good for good for friendship our Sundays. Uh, peace. And uh, Sundays are always really nice for preparation of any kind of ritual tool or item. Um, and again, really the, primarily that is because the light of the sun um, removes any kind of illusion or confusion or shadow around the intent of that tool or item in your work. Um, the sun can also be another influence, actually kind of like Saturn, that can give us a sense of order. Right, so when we are consecrating or naming a particular item to be used in our magic for a certain thing or in a particular way, um, again, the sun's influence can be really powerful for that. Moving to the moon, the day of the moon, or Monday, Monday, the moon day, right, or the moon's day. Mondays are good for reconciliation, right? You've been in a fight, you've been having some struggle, right? Oh. We're gonna we're gonna do a spell on Monday because it's gonna help to maybe kind of like soothe those those stormy waters a little bit, right? Okay, um, recovery, emotional healing, dream work, and astral work are always um, really kind of kind of boosted a bit on Mondays with that lunar association. Uh, summoning spirits again, the moon's influence is really good for spirit communication specifically. Um, which could be something that could, we, we could see some some potential connection there to per certain types of divination as well. Um, I, I always tell people like, don't be afraid to do divination on a Monday, right? Uh, particularly if you are calling upon communication or answers from other spirits, okay? Um, and really any working involving water, the element of water is going to really be, I think, amplified quite a bit on a Monday just because of the moon's um, really just, you know, it's gravitational ability to manipulate water. Mercury. All right. Um, oh, I missed one. I'm so sorry. Let's do this by the day. All right. Rather than the, than the planet. Right. So we're going to jump to Mars. Okay. Mars is our planet for Tuesday. Right. Um, and in fact, the name Tuesday does come from, I believe it's an old um, uh, Germanic or Teutonic god named Tu, who, um, is uh, just to be clear, not the same god as Thor, um, but would have some pretty similar kinds of kinds of things going on with Thor. Again, kind of like a warrior kind of an energy. So the name um, Tuesday is is kind of that's where that originates, at least from the um, Anglo-Saxon uh, language that that many of us speak, right? At least in this area of the world, right? Um, so the day of Mars is good for conflict and attack. Again, that warrior kind of an energy coming through there, right? Um, so good day for your baneful workings, you know, if you do them. And I know you never, ever do because much like me, you're a good witch and you would never, ever, ever work any kind of baneful magic, right? Wink, wink. Um, Tuesdays are also very good for courage, spells of courage, advancement and promotion. Need that new job? Get your stuff ready to go and get get your spell working on, I would say, a Monday morning, right? Um, as the sun is rising or who knows if you're really working with the influence of Kamael, right? You're going to get that afternoon energy going, right? So, um, yeah, so re really good correspondence. Yeah, okay. Um, any working involving war um, or anything to do with spear, uh, with soldiers or again, like first responders, people that, um, you know, for whatever reason, like through, through their employment, their, their, their work, you know, they're rushing into danger. Most of us tend to run away from danger, right? But, you know, police officers, firefighters, um, you know, whomever they may be, right? Um, people that are running into dangerous situations, like are all going to have, um, a lot of corresponding energy to Mars, the uh, Gregory Kamael and the day Tuesday. Okay. All right. All right. Let's switch now to uh, back to Mercury. All right. Um, so Mercury, the day for Wednesday. 
right? Um, the name Wednesday, um, again, if we look at old Germanic or Teutonic languages, um, Wednesday, uh, we call it Wednesday, but it would have been originally translated as Odin's Day or Woden's Day. Um, Odin or, or, or Woden is, is just, it's, it's the, the Norse god Odin. Um, so Wednesday was always kind of seen in some cultures to be a day associated with Odin, but in the Mediterranean, uh, the god Mercury actually claimed influence and, and dominion over the day Wednesday. So, um, so Mercury is the planet that we will see aligned to this day. And Wednesdays are good for communication, um, really any kind of communication. Okay? Um, it doesn't matter, verbal, written, doesn't matter, right? Um, navigation and travel, so being able to find things, being able to place things, or being able to move in any kind of way. Um, and for speed, you know, if you have any kind of working that you're trying to do, you know, and, um, you know, just, just in general, just any kind of working, um, you know, but you needed that working to, um, to really kind of give you quicker results, to kind of show you effect or, or uh, to materialize in a way more quickly. Wednesday would be a really good day to do that working. Okay. And it doesn't matter what it, what it could be. Like it could be, you know, it could be a love spell. It could be a money spell. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, just to just, you just need it to work quickly. Right. Wednesday is a good day for that. Okay. Um, and Wednesday, interestingly enough, um, is also a really good day to do workings, to reclaim things that have been stolen or lost. Um, again, Mercury has this, um, ability to be able to kind of, uh, navigate to locate things in kind of a kind of an odd way or in kind of an interesting way. So, um, so if you've you've lost something, you're looking for something, or maybe somebody's stolen something from you, and you really want to get that back, do do a working on on that Wednesday to call that item or to reclaim that item energetically. Because if you reclaim an item energetically, that kind of sets like it's almost like a domino effect that can set things into motion for you to actually be able to reclaim the item physically. Okay, we work in the etheric with the understanding that the etheric becomes the tangible, right? Okay, all right, moving on to Jupiter Thursday. The day of Jupiter is Thursday, right? Um, so we see this uh, day really primarily being good for honor and recognition. You know, if you've been really busting your butt at work and you just haven't really gotten any kind of uh, like credit or praise for what you've been doing, do a spell like you know like you're gonna pay attention you're gonna notice what i'm doing and do that on a thursday right um we also see thursday being really good again for fortune um and fortune is an interesting concept because it has less to do with money and more to do with the way that we see the energy of prosperity kind of flow in and through our lives Okay, so fortune, wealth, actual material wealth, right? Um, healing, Thursday is also very good for healing and health uh, for the body specifically, physical healing, right? Um, healing is always an interesting conversation when we talk about healing and magical practice, you know, and there are many different traditions out there that will have very different ideas on these things. And none of them is right or wrong, right? Because it really comes down to what works, what works for the practitioner, right? And what you have rightful access to based on who you are in your tradition, right? Um, but Jupiter would be a really good day and a good plan planetary intelligence. Uh, Thursday, excuse me, Thursday would be a good day and Jupiter would be a good planetary intelligence for physical uh, kinds of healing workings. Okay, um, The moon would be very good. Mondays or the moon are always really good. Those are really good influences for emotional healing. Um, Friday would probably be pretty good for emotional healing as well, right? And we haven't gotten to Friday yet, right? But that's where we see some Venusian energy pop up, right? Um, and then the sun is always going to be really good for mental health. Um, you know, uh, we always want to be really careful when we're doing healing magic, right, for ourselves and others, because we do need to remember that magic is never a replacement, ever, a replacement for traditional medical care, right? Um, so please, you know, don't don't quit taking your medication for whatever you need to take medication for, right? Uh, you know, please go see your doctor if you need to, right? Um, don't work a spell and think that that's going to take care of everything for you, right? You need to be holistic in the way that you take care of yourself. And if you're doing spell work for other people, do your research. Make sure that before you do any kind of working, before you send any energy of that situation, that you have a clearer idea of exactly what's going on with that person's health, right? Otherwise, you could be sending energy at something that... Um, 
you know, wouldn't necessarily harm that person, but um, but it could maybe create some some other sort of imbalance. Um, at the at the very least, you're wasting your energy, right? Um, all right. So now we're going on to Friday, which I mentioned a moment ago is uh, Venus's day, right? Uh, the Gregory Hanael Venus Friday. Um, Friday is good for love and happiness. Um, you know, just just a, just a general sense of happiness. I think um, relationships, preparations of herbal ritual components are always really effectively done on Fridays. Something about the Venusian energy and the way that it connects to herbs, the spirits of particular plants and herbs. And it doesn't even really matter if the herb is a Venusian herb because in herbalism, a lot of plants will also have, or really every plant has a also a planetary alignment of its own. Um, so it doesn't even matter. Like it could be a plant like nettle that has really strong ties to, to Saturn as a planet, but working with or preparing nettle for any kind of herbal formulation on a Friday under the influence of Venus is also going to be a really good way to do your work. Um, so a little bit of extra trivia there for, for those of you who are into really into your herbs and your magical practice. Um, Friday is um, also, I think, as I was mentioning in a moment ago, just um, I think another good day for, for healing, again, particularly emotional healing. Right. Friday, because of its associations with love and happiness, you know, it can have a lot to do, I think, with healing of the heart, like emotionally healing of the heart. Right. Um, so as you can see, there there's a lot going on with um, these planetary influences. And um, I think it's really cool when you look at um, how all of this kind of works because you'll see again all of these associations to astrological information old hermetic practices you know these kinds of things but all of these are things that can very easily be incorporated into a modern contemporary witchcraft practice um and i would encourage you all to to do that um yeah it's uh, it's kind of cool yeah so that's just a little bit on um planetary magic you know there really is so much more that, that can be done with uh, with the planets and with these intelligences. Uh, but, but for this episode, I think that's probably what I'll leave you with. Um, you know, I do encourage all of you to maybe do a little bit of additional research on your own. You know, as magical practitioners, it's important for us, I think, to, to work with as many allies as we can, right? It's not that we need those energies, right? Because we're, we're powerful beings, right? But, you know, if you wanna see something happen in a spell or a working of some sort, every extra piece of energy that you put toward that cause is just another like just uh, uh, you know making it even easier for you to manifest or materialize what you want right um so it's it's about working smart and and getting good results right um results oriented practice is always the practice you want to cultivate right okay? uh so that's going to be it for this episode. Again, not, not quite as long as some of our episodes go, but uh, but it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, I wanted to mention just very briefly because he was um, a part of the podcast. Uh, he's, he's been on a few episodes, and in fact, he was on an episode uh, just a few weeks back uh, where we met with or spoke with Taylor Nix on Community. Uh, but Chris, who is a member of our team here, uh, a member of our coven, uh, one of our practitioners at the shop, Cat and Cauldron, um, and as I mentioned, a member of the podcast team. Um, Chris passed away um, on May 11th, um, and that is one of the reasons why we did not uh, post an episode last week. And to be honest, while I struggled posting this episode tonight, um, if there were moments here and there where maybe you heard my voice crack or um, you know I hesitated um or got quiet it's it's because i'm we're, we're also kind of dealing with the loss of chris chris was a very big energy and uh those of us here uh loved him a lot we miss him we miss him a lot um, but as listeners i wanted to let you know that um very sadly chris chris will no longer be able to join us for the podcast um yeah so I will be back next week. Um, I am hoping to have Austin with me next week. <laughs> um, and I believe we will have 
Moon Willow on the podcast. I know you've been hearing me say that for a few weeks now, but uh, people are extremely busy. Schedules just don't always necessarily line up. And um, we will have Ariana slash Moon Willow on the podcast next week to discuss sigils. Um, we're, it's a topic that we've, we've gone into before, but it's been a couple of years now, and we figured it would be a good idea to, to kind of check in uh, because these kinds of practices are always evolving. And, um, and sigils are another really simple um, yet very profound and powerful thing to incorporate into your practice. And they're, they're easy to create, much more easy than I think a lot of people realize. So do join us uh, for that episode. Uh, hopefully you will listen to this episode. And with all my rambling, please, again, forgive me. Um, but thank you so much, as always, for supporting the podcast. Um, if you have any questions, do contact us. You can contact us through... Um, Spotify for podcasters, uh, aka Anchor. Um, we are also all over social media. Uh, you will find us uh, in a lot of places under Salty Witches. You will also find us under Salty the Salty Witches podcast by Cat and Cauldron. Um, we decided to start using the shop's name in this podcast because the podcast really is an extension of what we do here in the store with all of the classes and other ways that we educate. So, thank you so much.